0: How fresh is that intro. Wow. Still getting used to it. Big shout out to Mike Mince for making that for us. One of our awesome volunteers. He does he's pretty talented, as you can see. You can find his contact information in the description. Welcome, friends from around the world. We are live. A great debate, not a debate where both sides work to defeat one another, rather a debate where both sides work together to find common ground on the most important issues of our time. Today, you guessed it, Israel-Palestine. We're going to touch on a few different topics, primarily are settlements a roadblock to peace? And then we're going to go into reconciliation and moving forward together. Without further ado, I see no reason to wait. Let's bring on the two guests. Boom, boom. What's up, Malcolm and Yishai?
1: Yo, what's going and on?
0: To my top left, Ishai Fleischer is the international spokesperson for the Jewish community of Hebron and a broadcaster of the Land of Israel network and a regular writer for many notable publications such as Newsweek and, Time and the Times of New York. Oh, and the New York Times. I was confusing that with Times of Israel or something like that. You see, I've been here too long. He's also a law school graduate and an advocate for Jewish rights in Judea. And to my top right, Malkon Marizian, an Armenian Palestinian from East Jerusalem, has an MA in human rights and is the founder of a cultural revolutionary movement within the Palestinian community for women's rights and working towards peaceful coexistence with Israelis through Latin dance. Sounds like some exciting stuff. You, you could find the full bios for both our guests in the description. As well as their contact information if you ever want to reach out to them to our viewers it's great to have you all here let's have a vibrant yet respectful conversation in the comment section um, before we get started a shout out to our patreon our our patreon visionary members we have trivium energy PTY LTD that's a green energy company in Australia then we have soG cannabis that's the cannabis company in California yes green companies both energy and Cannabis love us and a shout out to Max Marine and also shout out to all our other patrons patrons who help us make this show possible. Since we're on the topic of Patreon, you might notice I have a little setup here. I officially left Tel Aviv. I decided to make the great debate, this content, this community a full-time gig. I decided to move someplace quiet with a lot of nature and that's not expensive as all hell. So I wouldn't need to work a day job. I no longer have a salary. I'm all in on this. So now more than ever, Patreon is greatly appreciated. In addition to that, you'll find in the description, not only a Patreon link, but there's a PayPal link and also a Bitcoin address. We love crypto. So you could send us some Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, Any amount helps. It's it's truly, truly appreciated. We're gonna speak for around an hour, and then we're gonna, as always, go to the after party in Discord. For those who don't know what Discord is, well, you'll find out. Can one of our awesome community members drop a link? Maybe Jesse, I know you're around. Jesse, drop that link in the in the chat. Um, the after party will be a conversation similar to this, but it's an opportunity for everybody else to join in and contribute their thoughts. You can ask the guests questions. You could challenge them. You could share your own thoughts. It's great. Let's get started. Let's do this. First topic, our settlement's an obstacle to peace. Yishai, the floor is yours.
1: Thank you very much for this great opportunity. and It's fun to be with this community of people that want to think about the future of, of Israel, Palestine, the countries around us, the Middle East. Uh, just today, uh, the, kind of the first flights uh, have been uh, signed between Israel and Morocco. There's some rumors on the Internet that there's some discussion of uh, a detente or understanding between Israel and Syria. I don't know if that's serious or not, but uh, serious or not, there's also a discussion we know about uh, Israel in Indonesia, one of the biggest Muslim countries, the biggest Muslim country in the world. And so uh, there's a new Middle East that is is – there's a new Middle East out there that is – wants to be born with Israel as part of it. Uh, Israel is a Semitic country. We are Jews, which is actually Judeans, but we are really cousins with the Arabs – Uh, We have a similar genetic code. We have a similar religion. We have a similar Semitic language. Bottom line is that we've lived in this region for the last 3,800 years. The the new accords between Israel uh, and the Sunni Arab states and also, you know, black African states like Sudan and Indonesia, which is which is not Arab, but Muslim states. uh, They're called the Abraham Accords because uh, there's an understanding now that we are the children of Abraham. And the place that I get a chance to work every day is Hebron. Uh, which is the home of the tomb of the forefathers and mothers. And that place, the tomb of the forefathers and mothers, is uh, one of the most special places in the world. Our forefather, Abraham, purchased a plot of land in Hebron 3,800 years ago. And Jews have been living in Hebron for the last 3,800 years, almost without without break. A few times we ran away from the Crusades, and we were ethnically cleansed uh, by the nascent Palestinian movement, Uh, in 1929 by Haj al-Husseini. But we returned every single time. And the reason we returned is because God knows and Allah knows that we're from this region. And we are from the holy cities, which include Be'er Sheva, which is the capital of the Negev. And they include Hebron, or Khalil in Arabic. And they include Bethlehem. Beit Lechem, our, our our matriarch, Ruth, walked the fields where I'm looking out the window now, close here to Bethlehem. And of course, Jerusalem, the heart of our whole story. And then Bethel, or Beit El, which is where Jacob had his dream of the ladder. And Shiloh, where uh, over 3,000 years ago, we had a tabernacle. And Shechem, Shechem, or Nablus, it's all the same thing. and the, This is a city where the Jewish people came in with Joshua, buried the bones of Joseph, uh, and received the Torah once again there. So this mountain range, north and south of Jerusalem, is called by the international community the West Bank. But we know it as home. We know it as Judea. Uh, this is what, under Persian Empire, was called Yehud Medinta, which is the 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 land of the Jews, the state of Judea, uh, and that is something from uh uh the uh from the ancient past that we have uh, never forgotten and never been broken. That tradition has never been broken. Everything about our uh, about our lives is connected to this land. There are some forces out there that want to get us off of the ancestral homeland. And the reason they want to do that is because they figure if we get them out of Hebron and Jerusalem and and Bethel, Bethel, uh, we'll probably be able to get rid of the rest of them. And they use all kinds of uh, fancy tricks people, uh, white people in suits and ties, uh, sitting in places like Brussels or Krakow, uh, in organizations like UNESCO, and they suddenly decide that the tomb of the patriarchs in Hebron is actually a Palestinian world heritage site, and that Israel, Israelis, Jews living in Judea are foreigners, are somehow thieves, interlopers, uh, 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 occupiers, that's the magic word. Now, that word is a created word in order to make us foreigners in this land. So, for example, people uh, like the Mullah regime in Iran, which certainly suppresses Iranian people and hates Israel and her allies – uh, they call us occupiers. That's such a joke. Since uh, we were living in Persia way before Islam came to Persia, and we know the Persian people, we were there. We have, we have a scroll that we remember the Persian Empire from 2,500 years ago. We are from this region. Any attempt to erase our connection to this region, to call us foreigners and occupiers and tell us that there's a different state on our land is nothing but the uh, great exercise uh, in cultural appropriation and a national identity theft. There's a, there's an interest in erasing our history here, erasing our presence here and telling us that we don't belong here in order to facilitate basically the destruction of Israel. Let's just, just call it what it is without BSing it. Let's just be honest about what, what our enemies want. They tried it in warfare. Uh, they didn't succeed. Allah did not allow them to destroy us, uh, and now they're trying it through narrative warfare, through the erasure of our, of our history, uh, and gaslighting us by telling us that we're not really from here. And then, and then, even some 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 not very well educated Jews start to believe that they're like, yeah, we're we're occupying somebody else's land. That is uh, in the in the scientific uh, communities called bull, okay, bull crap. And it's, it, we are from here. Uh, we've always been here. We will always continue to be here. And uh, with regard to Palestine, uh, I think that there is a, a, a people's that self identifies Palestinians. I totally understand that. And I respect their rights to uh, have civil rights uh, in our land. But to call for a different state on and exactly in the heart of our ancestral homeland is sedition. It's an act of an enemy. And just just last thing, just recently, the great wise people. Uh, at Instagram have decided that I should get ads from something called Palestinian Roots. And basically, it's a clothing company, uh, which makes uh, Palestinian Roots products, including hats, socks, and Palestinian style pajamas. Um, one of the, the main logo of that map that they have of the Palestinian Roots map is a map that is strangely akin to almost identical like we're twinsies uh, because their map of Palestine is exactly the map of Israel so instagram is is showing the world palestinian roots clothing with a map of the land of israel the point is is that this um palestinian roots issue which is uh, which is uh, uh made a very physical through this line of clothing uh, is here to replace Israel. It's like a new kind of replacement theology. I call it replacement narrative. And we, the Jewish people are never going to leave this place. Uh, If we're an obstacle to peace, it's because the peace that people want is not, is not a peace, but rather to tear us into pieces uh, and to, or to get us out of here, piecemeal. uh, We won't let that happen. We are not an obstacle to peace for decent non-jihadi pro-Israel, uh, folks that want civil rights and and residency in the land of Israel. For those people, we are not uh, obstacles to peace. And I know many Palestinians who think that way. But for those people who want to destroy Israel, we are indeed an obstacle to the destruction of Israel uh, through the means of narrative warfare. So uh, in conclusion, we're going to continue to be here. and We're going to be strong. We're going to do our best to find ways to give rights to minorities that live in our land. We're going to do our best to, to help them uh, uh, live an upwardly mobile life with opportunities, with decencies. Uh, but this is the land of the Jews. We are the sovereigns here. We welcome our brothers and sisters who want to live with us in peace. And those who want to make war will find that we are uh, a fierce uh, warrior uh, state as well to defend our rights.
0: Thank you, Yishai. Uh, Malcon, the floor is yours, my friend. Thank you. We have like four six minutes. How many? T- take the
2: time you need. Take the time okay. you need. Thank you, Ishai, and um, I respect the heart that you speak with uh, regarding your own people, of course, um, regardless of how much we disagree. Now, first off, uh, you're speaking about big chunks of stuff. First, there's identity, there's history, there's heritage, there's uh, belonging, there's uh, staying here no matter what, there's deletion of your identity, etc. And uh, I wanna just address the very main issue. The very main issue to any hearer who knows a bit about Palestinian-Israeli conflict is the Jewish-centeredness approach. It's like any piece of land in this life, it doesn't matter who lived in it, has everybody has the right to coexist in it without people claiming this is mine more or or yours less. Because the planet Earth is a gift from God. And you as a believer, in God, the creator himself said, this is not your land, but rather I am giving it to you as a gift, and you are my guest. So first, we are to co-share planet Earth, although God, yes, promised, in your opinion, uh, this land to the Jews at some point in history, but today is to coexist, and coexistence means to respecting those who already live there. So let me give you an analogy to just explain it. If I'm walking in the street and there is a table that belongs to me and there's two foreign people sitting on it, do I have the right, because it belongs to me, to go, even if they don't even own it, to go and pick them out by force? Well, supposedly no, immorally, no. Let alone Palestinians living there and being there, existing there, and then when you say settlement or we coming to exist and you denying our existence, it's actually the other way around. So Jewish people were always here in Palestine, Israel, land of Canaan, the land of Judah, all of those different uh, names throughout history. And the Palestinians didn't come and kick them out. It's rather the Zionist movement that started in the 1800s. Its premise was to, unfortunately, transfer the Arabs in order to take the land. This is uh, spoken by Ben-Gurion and the founders of the, of the movement. So, who is antagonist or aggressive in this notion? It's the historical record of your own uh, representatives and governors throughout uh, history, or what we call colonizers. And they were proudly to call themselves colonizers also. They said it's a colonial settler movement. To so us, by the way, just to clarify something to the audience, all of Israel was founded as a, an illegal settlement. Illegal, according, by the way, to international law, although today, 78% of historic Palestine, which is what they call proper or what is called today proper Israel, is considered uh, legally or admitted into international community because those who control international law are the superpowers who were biased towards you at some point, at least, like the British, the U.S. today, etc. So, but Palestinians, when you say they deny our existence, or it's us who do not have a state, it's us who do not have uh, our existence, it's us who's our name on the map has been denied. So the main approach of, it saddens me, the main approach of Jews until today to speak to the audience is to speak as if we are the victims, we are denied identity, we are denied ancestry, we are denied history, when we are the ones who are denied all of that on the ground. Like we're denied our name, we're denied the state, we're deni- we Palestinian Christians, I a mean, Palestinian-Armenian Christian people don't even know we exist. Well, at least the Jews are more known. And today, there is uh, people, if they ever mention any tragedy in the world, they mention the Holocaust. But they don't mention much the Armenian genocide or the Aramaic genocide of my grandmother or the Egyptian cups who are being killed in Egypt or, or the minorities who are being killed here. And they don't mention much, but they, they are, it's very centered around Jewish tragedy in order to justify Palestinian uh, taking over of our land or even its regardless of the word our land, because I, you use the word our, our, our a lot, I think this is the main issue. If you believe this is your land, then you're excluding the other already. But when you, when you believe this is, anyway, everybody's land, every human's land, then we can coexist equally, not superiority. We're not going to coexist with you in your land because this is yours and you have more entitlement, even if what everything you share is true. I believe in the Bible. Even if everything you share is true, regardless, the Abraham was. Father Abraham, is, his his uh, older son was the father of the Arabs. And according to some, even like Yehuda and other settlers who also are voices, they say uh, that Hebrews come from Eber, and Eber is the very grandfather, way way grandfather of Abraham. And so uh, Arabs are also Hebrews, and so this land is also ours first, actually, because we are the elder son. Now, regardless of that, Isaac was the son of the promise, and that was another uh, discussion. But just to say, if we're speaking of ethnic belongingness, but that's shallow, because to bring it back to our human essence, peace doesn't mean a piece of land. Peace means accepting the other and compromising, loving one another, and treating each other with equal dignity and equal respect first, not coming and forcing yourselves, kicking out Palestinians. Killing them, massacring us and taking our land, removing our land and removing our name on history on the map until today, it doesn't exist. And by the way, my my biggest uh, thing is not the West Bank. The word West Bank doesn't mean much. It's the West Bank of the river, regardless if you call it Judea, I understand you have value in the name. For me, it's about, let's call it Texas. As long as people who exist, the humans are with dignity and value. Then this is it, and then they have the entitlement to define it without excluding anybody. The Jews, to say Judea, can exclude the Palestinians who would say it's also Palestine. So we need to find a, a compromise, even in naming things, so we don't exclude each other. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Malakun. Uh, Yisha, you could feel free. You, you can both feel free to ha- have an open discussion now, if you want. I could give more targeted, directed questions.
1: Well, uh, uh, just, a f- just a few things. Uh, first thing is I, I want to uh, make it known that uh, Malcon and I sat on a panel uh, organized by the Bait, And when I heard Malcon speak, I thought to myself, this guy really expresses uh, the aspirations of-, of Palestinians very well. And I thought to myself, he, he has a language that I think is fabulous. And I wanted to debate with him today and discuss with him today because I just think that he, uh, is a person, just a high quality person, you know, well spoken and I think represents really well. And so it's an honor to, to, to discuss somebody on, on, on his level with somebody on his level. That's number one. Uh, on the other hand, the thing about Malcon is that he, he, he is also a mystery to me. You are a mystery to me, Malcon. And the reason you're a mystery to me is actually you come from some of the oldest civilizations in this region. You come from the Copts, which are uh, the, one of the the oldest Christian groups. Uh, They even think of themselves, a lot of Copts intellectuals think of themselves as pharaonic, which means that they they think themselves as as pre-Christian, pre-Greek, and really coming from the real original Egyptians that make up about 10% of of Egypt today. And you come also from the uh, Armenians, which are at least a 2,600 year old state uh t- t- excuse me 2600 year old state we're talking about a really ancient civilization uh armenia is today actually one of the uh, greatest examples of an ethnic national state uh where your uh, where your uh, father comes from is uh is 98% uh 98% of it 98.1% is armenian ethnically and it's an ethnic national state of 3 million people it's quite a bit bigger it's about 30,000 square kilometers as opposed to israel's 22,000 square kilometers it's a small country but it's bigger than israel and it's just a total ethnic national state and a and a christian one and an ancient one now you come from these two ancient christian sects and somehow you've tied yourself to the to the Palestinian identity, which is an identity that barely existed 100 years ago and, and has been formulated. And there's many, many Jordanian uh, spokesmen and kings and then Saudi Arabian who all say, oh, yeah, we totally created the Palestinian identity so that we could fight Israel. We're really pan-Arabist. And, and those guys on top of that are Muslims of various varieties that are persecuting the Copts today in uh, in Egypt and of course the famous which you mentioned the the uh, famous uh, uh, Armenian genocide which we just celebrated uh, remembered a hundred years of uh, and so uh, recall commemorated a hundred years of and I'm amazed at you as an uh, as both a Copt and an Armenian who have been persecuted by Islam who have a much more ancient uh, identification. Uh, which is much closer to the Jewish identification of an ancient people. Plus you're Christian, which means that you recognize that a, a, a man named Jesus walked this land 2,000 years ago, and you know that he was a Jew walking in this land in a state of Judea, right, in a kingdom of Judea. Uh, the, in, in his time, it was the second commonwealth. And yet with all these things that make you obviously a person who should be uh, on the side of defending Jewish rights in this land, somehow, uh, you have come to be a defender of the Palestinian identity, which uh, uh, your churches, I have right here, um, the Maronite Church, which you are related to as well in Bethlehem, has been subjected to the acts of vandalism and theft. Uh, Just recently, just recently, there have been six attempts to burn, destroy this church. And we know who, and we know the Palestinian Authority, what they do. And I guess it's sad to me that uh, peop- what what really is sad to me is that people like Malkon or Malkon, who I really respect, sadly, I think that he has come under dahimitude, which is the subjugation of, of minorities in this region under uh, a violent type of form of Islam. And he has now come to defend them instead of realizing that the only place where Christians have any uh, defense uh, in this region is under Israel. Uh, And I'm actually, if I want to criticize my country, Israel, I would say that the greatest sadness for me in this whole debate is that Israel, the Jewish state, hasn't managed to give people like Malkon a safe identity to be able to be like, you know what, I am an Armenian, I am a copt, but I live in Israel, I live in the old city, and, and I'm not a Jew, but I'm okay with being in the Jewish state. And that to me, uh, the fact that Israel hasn't been able to give him a sense of safety for that identity, is saddens me. And I think it's a great loss because we need a, a man like him on, on, on our side, if we can say that. Uh, with regarding to the rest of the stuff that Malcolm said about equality, human rights, and everybody's equal and everybody, it's all about love and it's all about living together in this land and sharing. That's all, that's all, that's all fluff. That's just fluff. And the reason that's fluff is because in this region, tribal peoples own their tribal lands, control it, and make sure that nobody else comes and takes it over. They control their wells like they did in the Bible. They control their borders and they make sure that people that don't hate them don't come into their land and and try to take it away. We, the Jewish people, are a small ethnic national state defending our tribal lands. That is the way of this region. And any talk about equality and love and togetherness and share the land, that's all fluff. Because at the end, we have to defend ourselves and yes, we have to give decent minorities opportunities Opportunities for life here But we're not going to give up the sovereignty of this country That would be the end of us We're not going to do that just like Armenia Doesn't want to give up a piece of land To Azerbaijan uh, Recently in Nagorni. Uh, up there uh, the 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 conflict they they fight for for what they think is theirs i'm sure that armenia would love to see uh the ararat mountain range come back from turkey which was taken from them for, by turkey uh you know in, in, in an amazing occupation so to me i can't believe that that, that a good man like malkon is on the side of of really the the real occupiers and the real uh takers away of human and civil rights
2: say thank you first the uh for your respectful, uh, nice admiration of me as a person. I also respect and honor you. Um, however, um, I'll tell you several things. Uh, you're, you're addressing me in a, as a person, which I will... Uh, first, uh, uh, regardless of the richness or the re- whether my identity is related to this region or not, uh, the biggest value for me as a person and for any Supposedly, person who who claims to be a Christian is a principle of justice. And love is the essence and the foundation of justice and equality. I will be just with people or with my children because I love them. But if I don't love my children, I would just not care if they abuse each other. That's the essence of justice. It is the the source of love. And that's why we say God is love. Now back to uh, the idea of criticizing Islam, and I know this is a um, is a conversation that I hear from uh, uh, respectfully my Jewish uh, counterparts all the time, everywhere. Like why why do you identify even as a Palestinian, or why do you why do you defend the Muslims? Didn't they do this to you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera? Well, two wrongs don't make a right. First, even if I assume that Muslims made worse to us, that's although it's not in this co- context. Comparison with the occupation of today, I'm saying. There's no comparison of what, how Muslims treat us as opposed to Israelis. Israelis prevent us from moving freely. They intervene of who we get married to. My sister-in-law cannot have residency. She cannot work. She cannot travel. She cannot drive. She cannot travel with her husband, who's my brother, just because she's a Christian-Palestinian from Ramallah, the West Bank. And he's a Palestinian-Christian from East Jerusalem. Intervening in the very institution of love, which is family, it's the biggest crime against humanity because it's against the, holy, the whole foundation of any community. So uh, uh, Palestinian Muslims do not prevent us to have citizenship or nationality based because we are different ethnicities. They do not demolish our houses. They do not take away our uh, vineyards. They do not cut off our olive trees. They do not throw stones at us when we're walking around simply because we are Palestinian or we are uh, in, in this case, how settlers uh, treat us, and they don't do, uh, the list goes on and on and on and on. So there's no comparison with the suffering, but doesn't just, I'm not saying there's no Palestinian Muslim uh, discrimination against Palestinian Christians. We speak and we tell them actually, because we are, um, I believe I'm a founder of an internal revolution movement within the Palestinian community itself to bring about such voices. So I'm, I'm not ashamed of anything like this. I, I, I tell it to my brothers and sisters face who are my Palestinian brothers and sisters. But that's a family issue. Unfortunately, the Jewish nation does not treat us as family, rather they treat us as foreigners. which you mentioned. We see you as foreigners because that, if somebody comes and kill me, that's a foreigner. That's not telling me I'm family. In 1948, in 1915, we ran from the genocide. And by the way, my grandmother's Aramaic. We are the ancestors of Abraham not only Armenian, we come, we descend from the youngest son of Noah, or sorry, from Japheth, not the youngest. And uh, Aramaics, we descend from the eldest son, Shem, and then Egyptians, we descend from the middle son, although it's a controversial who is the middle son, but let's say from Ham anyway. And so we are the ancestors of Abraham. We are here also, we are part of this Aramaic, Semitic from Shem, the eldest, or Melchizedek, according to the biblical how he's viewed. So in that, that being said, we ran from the genocide to Syria in 1915. Then we came to Palestine. We were kicked out by Israel, as Palestinian, Armenians, Christian, uh, Aramaic uh, uh, people being here. So our houses when Jaffa were taken away, our shops in West Jerusalem were taken away. And then my father alone, unfortunately, came back. And I say unfortunate because he had to face expulsion over 10s and 20 like. A lot of times, back and forth between the 70s and 80s, until he was able to settle down and get married and be able to be given residency, he was very humiliated. In 2001, I was shot at twice by Israeli soldiers for no reason. Now, for me, as a man who holds value or or claims to hold value for dignity and equality, I should at least defend the injustice as well as I defend any persecuted, any persecution against the Jews, whether it's the Inquisition of Spain, whether it's uh, anything before, whether even the Egyptian slavery in the Bible, whether it's whatever it is, not only the Holocaust, because it's the main topic. I stand because any injustice against any human person, according to the Bible, born and or created in the image of God, equally created in the image of God, is an abomination, is sin, is evil, is destructive. So I need to stand against it. So how, how can, so for me to call myself a Palestinian, first, Palestinian is a pluralistic identity. Now, very quickly before I finish, just to honor your points that you raised. And Palestinian can mean Armenian. We've been here, by the way, 2,700 years. We ruled the, our empire in 738 BC. Our Tigran mates, our ruler at the time, he ruled the Galilee. Now, we never come back and say, this is historic Armenia, with all due respect to you, as the Jews come back and, and say, well, this is historic Judea, and we should claim it back. As well as, well as the Persians came, came here and ruled, and the Greeks, and the Romans, and the Egyptians, and you name it, so many nations, and, and the Ottomans, and the Albanians, who are the Mamluks, and so many, they cannot just come back and say, oh, well, this is Albania, well, this is Persia, well, this is Egypt, Well, that doesn't work. Well, Palestine is the word. Yes, it comes from the word Philistine, but today it's the inclusive word and has been the inclusive word of all nations and multination that doesn't narrow down our identity. And being a Palestinian identity, as we create in 100 years, the nations and ethnicities developed The Jewish nation in particular, exceptionally because there is a written code to it, it was a more kind of clearer identity because there was, according to them, at least a divine purpose for that identity. But all other identities, Prussia was there a few hundred years ago. Now there's no Prussia. Germany was not there a few hundred years ago. Now we have Germany. Like just Czech Republic was not there. There was Slovakia and Czech Republic together just a few, like less than 30, 40 years ago. So we have different nations developing all the time. Names of streets are developing all the time. Names of countries, because people give it meaning. And this is the value of humans above places. We give meaning to places. Places are not the ones who founded us. We founded planet Earth, or we founded not in that created, but we gave it meaning. Without planet Earth, without humans, there is no either names America, U.S., Bam Bam Israel, etc. There is no names if there is no people. We have the consciousness. We have the intelligence. We have the all of those abilities that we gave.
1: I just, I just, uh, Adar, I just want to say, I want to tell you that it's, it's, I want to say this honestly for everybody. For me, it's so fun to speak with Malcon because A, because he's a Christian, he also talks Bible, understands the Bible, it's meaningful to him. And that's just fun. And you don't get a lot of Palestinian discourse on that level. And also, you could just feel the ancientness uh, of his lineage in this region, and just that—that's just cool. That is just cool. And one of the things I have to be jealous of Malkonov um, is that he—he he never get, you know, his people, his different peoples have faced all kinds of persecution, but they never really—they got killed to the tune of two hundred fifty thousand by the Armenian g- genocide by the Turks, but—but but, uh, they never left this region. He was never exiled from this region, and we were, and he can talk about being here straight for the last, you know, almost 3,000 years, uh, and I can't because our people, our, our empire was uh, destroyed, our, our two commonwealths were destroyed, we were exiled, and we're coming back, and that makes us, I guess, less indigenous because we kind of are, you know, we had to leave and we're coming back. But to make one, one Middle Eastern point, which I find to be kind of funny, is that is that Malkon said a few minutes ago? He said, "You know, can the can the Mamluks come back and rule this land? Can the Persians come back and rule this land?" Malkon, I got I got I got I got news to tell you. The Iranian Persian uh, uh, mullah regime they want this land. They also want Saudi Arabia and Mecca and Medina, but they want Israel, Turkey, the 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 uh, uh, what it, The neo uh, the neo-Turkish, neo-Ottoman movement, they want this land. And, you know, they're not joking. You know, they they easily take control of of, of regions, uh, you know, that they, you know, occupy half of Cyprus, and they'd be very happy to reoccupy this land. Uh, Arab armies, they came here in order to do just that, which is, they said, Islam controlled this land in the past. We want to re-control it. And if you think about it, what is Palestine but wanting control of this land as opposed to having us control the land. Like in all of your discourse, one thing doesn't make exactly sense. Like why not have the Jews control this land? Okay. So Arabs control 22 countries, 5 million square kilometers. Israel is one quarter of 1% of, of the landmass. Arabs have 400 million Arabs living in this region. And we have uh, six six 6.6 and a bit. Uh, why? Like, so so on all the stuff that you said, other than one point, which I'll make in a second, which is like, okay, so why can't like if Armenia controls Armenia, why can't the Jews control Judea? Like, what's wrong with that? Now, if you say to me that Israel hasn't done a great job of making sure that people have uh, decency, uh, certain equalities, civil rights, and and we've been we've been uh, uh, not so great at that, I say. Partially I agree partially I disagree with you. I think that Israel's given upward mobility to tons of people, including opportunities for great education. This whole thing that you said about Ramallah and Arabs living in Ramallah, that's it's a little bit false because you kind of forgot to mention that the Arabs living in Ramallah live in a sadly a a, a different under a different political entity called the Palestinian Authority, which is in many times in conflict with Israel. And that's why your sister in law and 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 folks are are behind a, a kind of a, a different system. It's not because Israel doesn't want to give them this that is because it's, it's like, sadly, it's a different country. But uh, to me, Israel has also not done a great job at bringing everybody in that would be decent. They haven't made it clear. I, I offer much clearer uh, alternatives for Palestinians, for, 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 for Muslims, Christians, whoever it is, for, for Druze, uh, which is residency in the land of Israel uh, with civil equality, uh, but not necessarily national equality, because this is our tribal land and we don't want to get voted out by our own democracy. But we certainly respect the fact that people have decencies and rights and should have opportunities in Israel. But the state is going to be run by the Jews. I don't think anybody should be throwing rocks at you. And I certainly don't think anybody should be shooting at you. I don't know what the circumstances of, of those are. You know, we we have shootings – and, and an army that shoots because we're a very defensive state. Sadly, we've been under war for the last 100 years. Uh, it, it, it's been an Arab war. It's been a Palestinian war. It's been a terror war. It's, you know, to deny that and to make it look like Israel's this, like, big aggressor, it's just B.S., because Israel is a tiny Jewish state, defensive, and sadly, when you're a defensive state and a militarized state, you end up hurting a decent and good people, probably like yourself. I just I say probably because I don't know what the circumstances were, and I don't want to besmirch my army and my defense establishment because you say so. I don't want to do that, but I I, I guess that, that that's probably right. Uh, I've, I've seen incidences when good people get targeted, and it's a shame, but I promise you— that if the arms were laid down, and I think we're living in a time where Israel is starting to become more accepted in this region, I think that the minorities that are loyal, and, and, and when I say loyal, by the way, that's exactly how it is in every other state in this region. All the countries around here are ethnic national states. None of them are democracies. Not a one. Uh, there's no Arab democracy. Not even close. Nothing. And so we have a, we have an ethnic national state. We should be giving decencies and opportunities to to uh, loyal minorities uh, that want to live, including people like yourself Um and that's it. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to moving forward uh, because we're, as I said before, we're not going to be leaving. And I don't think there's any, I don't think you've made a case for why we should be leaving. And you certainly don't want to believe that a Palestine is going to be more pluralistic than, than Israel is. That's that's just, I, I don't know what to say. That's, that's just imagination. Uh, or at least in my mind, that's imagination. I'll give you the respect that maybe you believe differently. But in my mind, that's imagination. Uh, uh, a, a, Jihad, a, a Hamas state, which is exactly what would happen if, God forbid, Israel would leave its ancestral land, is not going to be more pluralistic than the Israel that you're a resident in. Uh, that's my belief anyway. Uh, and I think we should be doing a better job to address those problems that you mentioned. But in the meantime, in the last 100 years were the best thing in human rights that this region has seen uh, for the last 2,000 years.
2: Shai, I hear you. But to uh, you're saying about the words moving forward. And stuff and we spoke now about history, identity, etc. But the question on the ground if somebody comes every day and he tells you, Let's move forward, but he slaps you on one cheek, next day he tells you, Let's move forward, he slaps you again, third day he does it again. Can we really have somebody can we really have peace or moving forward with somebody who says, Well, I have to slap you daily? But let's move forward. So settlements, back to the very question that Adar presented. Settlements are based on confiscating Palestinian land, claiming them to be military zone or nature reserves, or, and then building settlers or settlements, which is against the Geneva Convention, and against international law and against morality, and, and taking land by force, slapping on the face to say the least. If you own a car, you're free to answer the question or not. I hope you will. If you own a car and somebody comes to you and says well maybe he believes god gave it to him or promised it to him or he believes this is his he's more entitled because he used to have ancestors using that car before but now you own it and he comes to you and he kicks you out by force or he kicks you out through manipulative means would that promote moving on or would that just promote self and what about the one who would move on? So the Palestinians would say, okay, well let's move on. Let's give you our car. Let's give you our house. Let's give you our vineyards. Let's give you our olive trees. Let's give you our farmland. Let's give you that. And ha- that's how you move on. And I don't know if you're aware of the joke not to provoke you that speaks about how Israeli politics play around or what means peace to them means. It's a piece of this land, a piece of this other land, a piece of this other land, a piece of this other land. This other land. Rather than peace, which means in Hebrew, shalom means fullness, completeness, and peace. In English or Arabic, salam, or it can mean inner peace and inner, like the ability to rest rather than being in conflict. The ability to rest and being in love with others, or being loved, or accepted, or accepting others. So if somebody is slapping you, he's not really letting you to be at rest. When you're telling, oh well, we want peace, but let me, sla-. you have the power to take land. ye shy. So please address that. You have the power to control. You have the occupational power, or you don't like the word occupation, colonizing power, of course you hate it more. Whatever, you have the military power. You have the, regardless, the armed power. You have the uh, the weaponry, uh, weaponry uh, uh, power. You have the power to take or leave. So it's up to you. To, you can bring peace in one moment, but the victims, or the weaker or the oppressed, in our opinion at least, Palestinians, we cannot bring peace because we cannot control the, what we perceive as the oppressor or the stronger, let's at least call him. We cannot control the bully guy with big muscles when we are only two children. All we could do is try to bring those healthy pressure from other big guys. Please just put healthy pressure on this guy to stop bullying us and slapping us daily because we can't. And then Hamas comes with this small child, if I want to give you an example of this analogy, and says, well, I found a knife, let's kill this bully. And the bully has five knives on him, let alone being a big muscular guy. How stupid is that? Yeah, Hamas' way of military inter- or, or response is, is stupid, but it's, it's coming out of a cry for justice and freedom to say, well, despite being the weak, I am the one who, I can still defend myself. I don't believe in the methodology. It's bringing more, way more harm than, good why because if you start if you want to kill suddenly the bigger bully guy or the big muscular guy and your two children well he can just touch you in half because he can okay and so he can use this power or abuse that power against you whatever you want to call so if we want to settle down the conversation to the rest of the minutes few minutes or however how much ever we have how are settlements Moving us forward since they are the ones since 1967 even Joe Biden himself the guy the new elected us he said in the '60s to goldami or goldami he said to her, what you're doing in the West Bank was around one thousand units at the time of settlement confiscate he said what you're doing is create is deleting the two-state solution and so I know you don't want a two-state solution but I'm saying even with that coming and stealing land to Delete the two-state solution. If you want a full one-state solution, Palestinians want a one-state solution, even without the 67, whatever. let's all live under, let's even call it Israel. But equal rights, equal opportunity, equal political rights. all. No, we have to always be sovereign over you. That's racism. That's apartheid. Apartheid is putting one race over another. Apartheid is not always like South Africa, and it's not always like the U.S. in history, U.S. blacks and whites. Apartheid has different forms. It's never identical apartheid systems. So, when I read even Beth Salem lately, they said Israel is an apartheid. So, apartheid is apartness. It comes from the Afrikaans word, which means to stay apart. Yeah, we live together and we, we share some stuff, but we're still apart. As you said, national rights? No. So, what is that? And, and who, who entitles who? And ca- how can you force? So many questions I'm, do- I'm, do- I'm putting here. But can you force people to believe in the, w- in the notion of how you believe God gave it to you? If you genuinely believe this is the land that God gave to you, and I respect that faith, can you force that faith on others? Well, the answer is no. But then this forcefulness, is it actually pro-God of the Bible? The one who says treat foreigners equally to you in the Old Testament or in the Tanakh? In the New Testament, he says, love your enemies to us. And the whole form of land was fulfilled in the person of Jesus, the Messiah. That's why the Messiah came, and the land was to bring the Messiah. The Messiah already came in our perspective. There's no more need for a land for a specific people group. It's rather now for the human, global human race, to know the essence of God's love and to live together equally. And that translates itself spiritually today, sorry, politically, nationally. Uh, civil rights, all of those things. From that notion, there's a one ultimate father, God. Not Abraham, with all due respect to Abraham. His ultimate father, founder of life, God, who treats everybody, male and female, equally also, not only male, and all other nations and ethnicities.
0: Please. Uh, Yisha, Yisha, real quick, um, you, you'll, you'll have full time to respond to to all the points Malkon made. I just want to re provide clarity on something that both that you're both getting at just from different directions. And this will help us lead into the, what would, what can we do to move forward? So Yisha, you've, you've mentioned how you want Palestinians, um, Armenian Christians, you want them to be part of Israel. You want them to accept the Israeli identity. Now, what and I, and I view that as commendable. we, you and i probably have differences in what that would look like but it's commendable because most israeli's don't don't even want to address that situation because they don't even know what it would look like so I, so i do appreciate the fact that that you view that as important to to bring these people in now what what Malcolm's saying, and I think it's a good point. he says, "How can we accept a national identity that's caused us so much harm? You know it's a national identity that historically has has oppressed us, um and today, you know, we live under another nation's military uh, law. So I, I guess, and he sees settlements as just strengthening strengthening that, right? What, our security is a collective punishment for Palestinians. It's an inherent challenge that is, is very hard to solve for us to stay safe. We need to, um, you know, we, we need to commit collective punishment towards the Palestinians. So given that, how could we even expect them to accept the Israeli national identity? I, I don't have an answer, but I, I just wanted to put this point out there. This does lead us in what can what can we do moving forward? Because I think this is part of solving the conflict. <sighs>
1: First thing is that there's been a whole lexicon of words that has been thrown out and I I need to, I must redefine a few small points here in order to, to get the conversation going because I simply cannot ex- accept some of the words that were said for any meaningful conversation to go forward. I just, I just have to stop and say, that's not, I cannot talk like this. If I, I cannot accept these things and have to put that down on record. First thing is, is that uh, modern day liberals are using the word apartheid, uh, or fascism in the place of nationalism. Now, about 100 years ago, when there was an idea of birth of nations, of self-determination, the idea that ethnic peoples would live on their land with their language, with their calendars, with their customs, was considered the height of liberalism. We were going to be a family of nations, each people's livings, living on their land. Again, I, I remind you, Armenia, uh, where where Malkon hails from in part, is uh, the penultimate Ethnic national state, an ancient people living on their land, speaking their language with their almost totally pure, no other peoples live. Uh, it's 98% ethnic Armenians live in Armenia. So the idea of, of ethnic national states is not apartheid, uh, and nor is it fascism. It's actually the height of liberalism. And the next word is settlements and, and the Geneva Convention – this is our land. It really is. It's so simple that 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 sometimes a lot of words get it confused, and I like to break it down to simple things. It's our land. We're not stealing anybody else's land. It wasn't Palestinian land. We're not expropriating other people's land. In fact, we have uh, five uh, loci of rationales why it's our land. The first one is, you know what? I won't say the first one. I'll say it in in a different order. A logical order is purchase. We've purchased much of the land of Israel from uh, Arab owners, uh, uh, absent real estate, uh, what's it called, landowners who are living in Syria. We purchased this land. We have that on record. It's in Turkish records as well. We've purchased much of this land. Second, with all due respect to the pathos of victimization of. Uh, narrative that Malkon is telling us, we all know that Arabs have attacked Israel to destroy it and to throw it into the sea, into the language uh, of, of Egyptian rulers uh, uh, in the past, that they're going to finish the work of the Holocaust. Let's be real here. Let's be real about this, this, this victimization narrative is here to create a completely backwards mirror image where the poor Palestinian is suffering, but the Jew is this aggressive army. It's just, it's just a false narrative. Uh, the, the, the Jews have been under attack here for the, for, for a hundred years since we really started coming back home strong. The, the Palestinian and Pan-Arab movement have wanted to destroy us through and through. Now they're new, they're new tactics. Now that, that they've admitted that they can't beat us in war is this narrative war, which I'm sad that Malcon is using this language of apartheid and occupation and the fourth Geneva Convention. What kind of malarkey is that? We we we're, This is our land. We're not putting people in somebody else's land and moving them into. This is the heart of Judea, and he knows that. He knows this was Judea. So I don't understand that. And finally, one last word about Hamas. Uh Malkon made a, a pass of saying that Hamas can be understood because they're coming from victimization. Malkon, Hamas is part of the Islamic Brotherhood, which comes from Egypt. They want an Islamic revolution in Egypt. Nothing to do with Israeli occupation, nothing to do with with the victimization pathos that you that you keep kind of uh, uh, parroting. It's not from that at all. They want an Islamic takeover. They're about jihad. And to deny that and to turn it into, well, they're victims and they're, they're they do not talk about themselves being victims. They talk about cleaning the, 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 the Jews from Islamic lands through jihad, a jihad, a jihad. That's famous Arafat quote. That's what they're about. They're coming from Egypt from a completely different reason. And, and to make them into these like sad victims that go into murdering Jews and, and children because of their victimization, it's, it's to me, I can't accept that kind of language. Now moving forward. Uh, I I say very simply, because I believe in nationalism, which is the right of ethnic peoples to live on ancestral land, and I believe that Israel is an ethnic national state, I believe that our state, uh, like any state like Armenia, uh, would want to defend and to uh, help promote our ethnicity because it's an ethnic national state. That being said... Uh, as the Torah says, and as rationality says, and as actually the the League of Nations mandate for Palestine said uh, that the non-Jewish minorities living in this land should have uh, a, a civil rights and upward mobility, inequalities, and in civil rights. When it comes to uh, voting, uh in our big de- our statewide democracy I don't believe in that as much I believe that it should be residency with local voting for uh Arab cities or Palestinian cities like Hebron like Ramallah I think that people that 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 you know predominantly live in a, let's say an Arab city a Palestinian city can um, can vote for their own mayors and and do their own stuff internally have their own kinds of courts and judges but of course they should be residents of the state of Israel pay taxes to the state of Israel the state of Israel should make sure that there's Good sewage, good roads, good education, good health care, good upward mobility, good access to to universities. Um, I I believe very much in in minorities having residency in our land with upward mobility. Of course, as long as they're non-jihadist and and are loyal. A great example of that is the Druze in Israel, who just today I spoke to my friend Atta Farhat from the uh, Druze Zionist Council, the Druze are. What's the difference between a Druze and a Palestinian? There's only one thing that is a difference between a Druze and a Palestinian. They have a different religion. uh, they, They may have some different genes or not. But the main thing is that what's in here is different. One, the Druze are about loyalty. And the Palestinian movement in general, and today I know hundreds personally, hundreds of Palestinians, and they represent tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of Palestinians who are not with this, but the Palestinian authority and Hamas are jihadist they're jihadists they're not about liberation and victimization all that stuff they're about jihadism and the destruction of israel for 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 a islamic goal and a nationalist goal which is nothing to do with victimization and peace it's about destroying israel many palestinians today don't want this anymore they want to move over to the abraham accords to the Druze outlook towards living as 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 residents of the state of israel maybe even citizens uh you know i'm less in favor of that but friends on on the nationalist camp believe that as well that loyal loyal minorities should have a pathway to citizenship that's also should be contemplated i myself am not as favor of that i'm in favor of the torah's outlook of what's called ger toshav resident alien if you respect us and this is by the way the plain Rules of the Middle East, if you respect us and you can live in our land peacefully without trying to undermine us, we want you to be successful. I want, as a sovereign, for my minorities, if they are in the old city of Jerusalem or in Ramallah or in Hebron, to have success. To have to have success, to all have success and to have be properly mobile as long as they don't try to undermine uh, the, the sovereign, which is my ethnic national state, which is called Israel, which is the way all the other countries around here are. So that's that's the way forward, I think. Uh, and and all the other ways. And, and here's my last point here. I'm saddened about the stuff that Malcon says because it damns the next generation of Palestinians to endless conflict. That's what saddens me, because this ideology that claims that we're foreigners and occupiers and and land thieves... This ideology will only lead the next generation of Palestinian children to continue to believe in this brainwashing and this, and therefore revolt against Israel. And then end up getting messed up in the security apparatus and going to jail and and learning more bad things. And you're damning a whole generation for continued lack of success, lack of upward mobility. If I'm a Palestinian listening to what you're saying, I'm saying... Damn it, Malkon, get us off of this track already. Put us on the track of real life, real opportunity, because Israel isn't going anywhere. If I can't convince you of Herzl or of the Bible, if I can't convince you of all that, that's fine. You know, I, I did my best. But you have to understand we're not leaving. In, in true and honesty, we're not in South Africa here. We're not whites in South Africa. We're from here. And If you don't understand that we're never leaving, that we're going to continue the so-called settlements, and if you're going to damn the next generation to continue fighting against this, you will be killing them. And I'm giving them an opportunity to step away from all that ideology and to move forward towards towards work, towards peace, towards towards self fulfillment, towards a, a beautiful house. And if and if people if people don't want that, they can also find their their self determination and their, their personal success in in other Arab countries or, or or in the or in the Western world. But if you want to stay here in Israel. Be be loyal. You'll get the benefits of the state. I will work on Israelis to be more accepting uh, of minorities. I've been doing that. Uh, But don't damn the next generation to endless war because it will lead to nothing. And that's what the Abraham Accords is about. In part, Arabs starting to understand Israel isn't actually going to leave these places. They're never going to go. They're never going to leave Hebron. It's not going to happen. And therefore, let us now accept it and move forward really in a pathway of rationality, love and peace.
0: Thank you, Ishai M- Malcolm, real quick, because I also just want to direct your response just a little bit, because Yeshai did um, share his vision for what he thinks the land should look like and what Palestinians' place in this land should be. I, I want to know from you if you think that is um, by any means an acceptable solution, if not, what's missing? And what you think, he did mention the future generation. I think it's very important to, to focus on the future generation. What lessons we, you know, how we need to raise the future generation in order to be one that is one that can make peace on this land. This is relevant for, for both Israelis and Palestinians.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think, and I'm not sure if I understand uh, Yishai, right? I don't want to assume he can correct me later. Uh, that we can have civil rights. But we cannot have kind of equal national rights uh, to Israeli sovereignty, uh, being uh, in what he believes is Israel, only or mainly. Uh, yes, it's unacceptable. It's based on racism, uh, denying the other uh, his full rights as a human, uh, only parts of his rights because his race is different. And the other part is not acceptable because uh, he's not Jewish. So th- this is racism. It, implies from somebody like Ishai, who believes in God, that God is racist. And, and oh, just, version, no, on,
1: just, just one question, is, is Armenia a racist country?
2: I will answer you. So that God, or the version of the God that's per- communicated here, is racist. And so that's up to him if he wants to represent God in this way today. Now, uh, to continue on, uh, regarding he mentioned Armenia a few times. Armenia... We do not, first, we do not have any racial laws. We have Yazidis, we have Jews, we have minorities uh, such as Iranians. We do not have racial laws saying, oh, you cannot, uh, you're not entitled to nationality, for example. We have Syriacs, Aramaics, we have Armenian nationality. They're born with it, they speak Armenian, they can speak their own language. That's in current Armenia. And Armenia uh, was not based on uh, coming suddenly uh, out of by being kicked out so, for so long and saying we want to have a war to liberate our uh, and kick out the people who are already there that's not the current eastern armenia based upon and you mentioned a while ago about nagorno karabakh or artsakh we say in armenia artsakh we lived in it since 9th century BC we have trained like uh, evidence from the 4th century BC And what happened, the same story of Palestine. In uh, 1921 or 23, uh, Stalin decided he wants to give Artsakh, the Armenian, 94 percent majority to Azerbaijan, like the British decided to promise uh, Palestine, which was way more than 90 90 percent Palestinian Arab majority.
1: To just, ju- just to so, remind you that it wasn't the British, it was 56 countries, the whole League of Nations uh, unanimously voted uh, a- 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 to accept the idea of Jewish sovereignty in the land of Israel, Jewish, a-, a Jewish homeland in the land of Israel. It wasn't just the British. The British were given the mandate from the League of Nations to help create that. And the world all, or, all accepted the premise that Jews belong there because of their historic rights uh, in this land. So just, just to remind you, that's the original and actually controlling international law. In this in this issue,
2: I hear you. I hear you. Maybe there is not much time to comment on that, but I'll comment quickly. I have a master's in, in international law. The League of Nations does not have any authority to give anybody any authority over any piece of land. Just to put you in the picture, that's. Oh,
1: but but the you beyond, said before you said before that Israel is illegal under international law set by the UN. So the UN, which accepted the no, League no, of I'm Nations,
0: saying,
1: it, it's saying, not, it's not it has no legal of our, Which one is it? No, no, okay,
2: I'll tell you. So it has a legal validity under what we call Security Council, Chapter 7. So any decision made by the Security Council, which the U.S. keeps vetoing for the favor of Israel, is considered legally binding. Now, whatever is outside of that, we call it resolutions, which are mere recommendations. They are suggestions. So when they, for example, they made a resolution of 181, the partition plan, it was a suggestion. It was not legally binding that Israel should have now the partition, uh, given to her, and the Palestinians should have the... It was not. All Palestinians have the full right to say no. This is in short. And, and back in the time when I said Stalin, Stalin didn't uh, make anything legal or illegal. He made something immoral in our eyes, at least as Armenians, when he gave Atsakh away. But the international community considered it, uh, uh, legalized it as Azerbaijan. Why? Because they followed the colonizers or the colonists' decisions because they were the superpowers. Otherwise, they wouldn't be going into loops of Oh, what land is belongs to who now? Because it's a law. It will be a long journey of history. Who belongs? Does, does Nagorny so Karabakh,
1: does nagorno Karabakh or Artsakh belong to Armenia or not?
2: Historically, of course.
1: So, Today, right to, so, to, so, they, so they have a right to fight for that. So continue to be Armenia. Am I right?
2: They have the right to to fight for that. Based, I, I don't believe in wars. I personally don't believe in wars. But I, we have you don't, the right. You don't to Believe defend. that they
1: happen, or you don't believe it's a good idea.
2: I don't believe it's a good idea. I don't believe that war is uh, God's way today. That's why Jesus said, love your enemies. This is a new, that's the concept of the new covenant. That's that's the foundation of my life. Would
1: you recommend to Armenians to walk away from the Gorni Karabakh so that they could uh, avoid war?
2: We already, by the way, lost the war, unfortunately. Uh, I know you lost,
1: and that's sad to me, but that's besides the point. Uh, Would I tell them? Would you tell yes. them, just walk away, walk away. There's no point in fighting for it. Yeah, I'll tell them. This, this area for them. that you controlled since the 6th century BC.
2: Okay, so sure. I'll tell them the following, uh, Yeshay. Because I, I value my Armenian soul and my, the Armenian people way more than Armenian territory, I would tell them if there's going to be blood as a possibility, yes, walk away. Because you know, your lives are more yeah. important than land and you know what if i were living in hebron and you with all due respect to you although you don't live in hebron you come to me when i kick me out either kick me out kill me or take the land i'll give you my land and my cars and my vineyard you know mm. because i value my life and the life of my children as i think god values the human life way more than the, my my and actually i i value my enemy's life Because the other plan is just to kill him. Maybe I will have the chance to kill him. Mm. But if I have the chance to leave, to give him land, okay, that's called human greed. Yeah, you get the land. That's the thief. That's how the thief gets. Not you, person. I'm just saying. The person who wants to get, he gets the land. Yes, Mm. he gets the car if he wants to steal my car by Mm. force. But is that more important than mine? When, when, when you
1: saw when you saw Nagorni when you saw the loss of the war of the territory of Nagorno-Karabakh to part of Nagorno-Karabakh to to Azerbaijan, did you feel OK inside with it or did you feel, boy, that's that's wrong that they, you know, again, again, we're we're, we're being victimized. Somebody's trying to take our land and, and that's wrong. And Russia didn't come and help us. Did you did you feel a little disappointment or did you say, well, they might as well just walk away?
2: I hear you, but the problem with your uh, argument, with all due respect, brother Rishai, that you are as if saying Armenians are like Jews. It's the opposite. Armenians are like Palestinians.
1: Uh, that's what we I. That's where, we, that's where we disagree, my friend. That's where we disagree yes, yes, yes. exactly. I but, say to but, you, I say to you that but, Israel is a lot more like Armenia, and the, and sure, the, and the Judean Samaria disagree. are exactly like nagorno Karabakh. Exactly. But we we
2: disagree, and that's what's okay. We disagree. Before we finish, because Adar wants to take over, I just want to say this. That's very important to note. Whatever you mentioned about history, and I mentioned about history, although I didn't mention much, we have two versions of history. I'm a geopolitical tour guide. I do something called dual narrative tour. And we bring an Israeli tour guide. I'm a Palestinian guide. And we share the two different narratives. I don't believe, and I do believe there is a falsification of history by your narrative. And you believe the same from mine. Let's sure. address, let's, let's realize this. And this is where a lot of, I think, you have the power to falsify history and you have way more advantage to do it because you are in power. Whereas as it says in the, the 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 ones in power who write are the ones who write history. But the weaker, I think that's the voice of justice. Not always, but this might be for me is a higher probability and there is way more evidence for me in the course of history and this course of history that I read objectively as much as I could to believe and I'm open to both uh, narratives I emptied myself from my national identity because humanity is more important to me, including the Jewish people, even Jewish enemies, to reach out, to reach into a conclusion of history. And yes, I found Palestinians who have been massacred. You mentioning very quickly, uh, we are small nations, defenseless. History doesn't show that. In on 1948, there was only 24,000 to 26,000 Arab soldiers versus 36 to 39,000 Jewish soldiers. There is no miracle in that to defeat the smaller number who are the Arabs in this case. Believe it or not, the Arab nations were just being left out from the British and the French mandate. They did not have much bigger armies and bigger weapons. As opposed to the Jews who have been trained like the Haganah by the British themselves, equipped from the world war ii where they fought and they came already equipped in many ways they already had more power physical power there's nothing miraculous there's nothing sure, more sure. And there's, and, and, and there's there. many
1: more Jews than Arabs is that what you want to tell me I mean really you, you want to tell no, me no. That the six the- Arab you want to tell me that the six Arab armies that joined in to try to destroy Israel three times uh were, were smaller than than the Jewish army this is this is revisionism par excellence and and you're right just what you said before I think that you're revising history and I think that the creation of a Palestinian victim uh, uh identity is is a is an Arab trick which many times the, the, the Arabs have actually said that. Uh, the, there's, there's many videos just on YouTube. You could say that, like, we created this, this, this identity so that, you know, we could basically look smaller than the Jews, which is, which is tricky because the Jews are really pretty tiny. Uh, but, no, there are 400 million Arabs, uh, and there are 22 Arab countries. There's one Jewish state with 6.5 million Jews. Let's be real about, about who the minority in this region is.
2: I was speaking about the war, not about the number of people in general, yishai But just to end with this, with the following, Today, on the ground, whatever you claim, with all due respect, the last sentence I will say, is false as long as you cannot prove that you are today the victim. doesn't matter if you, believe, if you are presenting yourself as the victim. Today you have the power to control my life, control my destiny, govern me, force me out, force me in, freedom of movement or against my freedom. Even my marriage, the institution of marriage, as I mentioned, demolishing of my house, uh, travel uh, insurance, uh, visas, in citizenship, nationality or not, residency or not, permit or not, you control every bit, water resources, the vineyards, everything that has access, the 140 checkpoints that exist only in the West Bank and 21 of them are, only, are mainly in Hebron. All of the, you control our lives. There is no like this victim, whatever you today here convey doesn't bring any value for if the listener is a genuine listener, if uh, looking at the fact that you guys are in power, and if you uh, uh, believe you have more conscience, and I do believe in you, I don't want to accuse you of not if you believe you have moral conscience, then do something about it you have because you are more powerful, and stop this discriminatory regime against the Palestinians.
1: That's it. I just Thank I you. just want to say that that Malcon made a philosophical point which him and I disagree on not not on history and not on who's the victim but just a philosophical point which they call today plight makes right the the greater victim has a greater truth I I do not believe that I just don't believe that I believe that sure. the Jewish people have been victims today we we have strength and I want to say that everything that you said about us having power and all that I say I say Baruch Hashem, thank God that we have stopped a cycle of violence of the last 2,000 years of persecution, Uh, and I am thankful that that God has given us the ability to stand up against our murderers and against our enemies, and I'm not going to, for one second, apologize for Jewish strength. Not for one second. Many of my co-religionists feel uncomfortable with Jewish strength. I have no problem with that. Again, we're our protectorate, a small, tiny fraction of the Middle East. Yes, this is our ancestral land, and we have to defend ourselves— and we're under attack all the time from 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 bad guys and from nice guys who don't understand that they're working for bad guys. Uh, we're under that attack. All other ethnic states that have uh, that have self-value that defend themselves, just like the Armenians in the Gorny Karabakh, they don't share the belief that you said. They fight for what their land and for what they believe is theirs, their ancient land. And I think we have a lot more similarity to the place that you came from. And I think that you, in many ways, if you would say the things that you said to me, to them, in the same way, they would just say, you know, how could you, how could you not defend our peoplehood and allow our people to be slaughtered? That's what, that's what we're about. And on top of that, I want to tell you that we are living in a great time, in my opinion, where, where, the the Arab world can start to come out of a hundred years of hate and into blessings. Our friends today in Morocco, in Sudan, in the UAE. Uh, who else? Who else did I forget there? Uh, the, the, who else is part of this? You know, even 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 Mohammed bin Bahrain. Salman, uh, Bahrain. Thank you. And and I think Mohammed bin Salman is a forward looking uh, Arab leader who who understands that Israel is an ally. They're trying to wipe out Israel and continuing the, the false Palestinian narrative is not going to bring anybody anywhere. You didn't address what I really spoke to you strongly about the, the next generation of children and how they're going to continue in this plight if they believe these the, your narrative. I think people like Mohammed bin Salman clearly is tired of this. And that's why he gave flyover rights to Israel, which was obviously a huge signal that the Arab world is is tired and done. And want to move forward and want to see this region progress. Uh, lies, uh, uh, uh that and delegitimization of Israel's right in Judea is not going to bring to anything good for your people. Uh, and we're going to, and we're not going to give up even with the beautiful, uh, uh, Christian ideas of, of love. We don't think that Christian ideas of, of love to give up our life to our enemies is, is so beautiful. Uh, we've already had plenty of, of, uh, of Christian uh, abuse ourselves like the crusades. We, we know about the, that love and when it gets turned on and turned off, we think that our love, which is the, the, the idea of, of the value of every individual person uh, and really giving, I, I think I'm saying to you, let's give the next generation of Palestinian children a life, uh, and instead of, instead of damning them to eternal war, uh, but I didn't, I didn't hear you agree to that. Uh, and that makes me sad. And that just means that we gotta work, you and I gotta work more to talk more. Uh, inshallah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll meet in the, in, in the old city of, of Jerusalem, uh, uh, and, uh, and uh, in a safe space and coffee shop and maybe find a, a separate piece. Um, which will come to to a better understanding. I promise you that I'll work on on my people to have better understanding for loyal uh, non-Jews that want to be loyal and loving residents of the state of Israel. I promise you to work on that. I have worked on that. Uh, I work on that in Hebron as well. Um, And I hope to convince you uh, to drop some of those false narratives and to embrace the country that you live in.
2: Thank you, Yishai. And before, uh, if you allow me, Adar, just to mention last thing because it's very important. Moving forward with the next generation, I just hope that uh, the hearer who's listening to you uh, wouldn't uh, also would be also very giving careful attention to what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm just. Uh, I have a different way. So you're saying giving up on our rights and just acting okay, whatever Israel does, and not uh, speaking against whatever we feel. Uh, is mistreating us or abusing our rights as uh, giving them a life? No, that doesn't work. That, uh, uh, a principle of justice is more important than living with no dignity and with no sense of value. So I, this I is. Thought, the, I thought you said before ultimate. that
1: I thought you said that life was more important than than justice. I'm a little confused. Which one is it? The Palestinian version is justice is more important than anything, but the Christian version that you said before is walk away from conflict and accept the reality. Wh- which one do you prefer?
2: I prefer the following. First, justice, that's a, just a longer discussion. I don't think we have the time, Yishai. We're defining justice differently. You think justice for me is not revenge. Equality, let's call it. Gender equality, human equality, civil equal, equal rights, national rights, equal, equality, equal dignity. That's, for me, the message to my next generation, that they won't compromise like many Palestinians are doing. They compromise for anything, but just for economic gain, for Israel to give them opportunity to work here and there. And, and this for, is survival. For compromise for a decent
1: life to end the war. You, you don't think it's a good idea. You want justice. More important to keep the war going than to compromise for a better life.
2: You're, you're still putting things into me, into, into my mouth, which I haven't said. Okay? I am somebody, you believe in violence. You believe in fighting.
1: I, 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 I do not. I believe in defense.
2: Yes, yes, but you, you defend yourself through, to, you justify uh, defending by violence. Right?
1: To d- defense against, against, uh, against aggressive yes. enemies. Yes, I yes. believe in if, defense against yes, aggressive you believe
2: enemies. In violence. Yes. I don't. I'm telling you, even in defense, I would say to my Armenian people who you're surprised, our prime minister did that exactly because 3,000 or 2,200 2, people were killed. He said, "Well, our lives are more important. Let's give up the territory." That's what he did. Okay, so this is for me is a wiser decision because it's protecting Armenian life over territory. Because we can't win the war. He just they analyzed. They let's say they thought it through. So then then you can't
1: win the war against Israel. Give up the war because we're not gonna. You're not gonna defeat us, and let's live a life. Isn't that? Does not the same logic?
2: Yeah, but that's what I'm telling you. I don't even believe in a war against Israel. I I think. Speaking against abuses of rights is not creating war, as in physical war. It's creating an equal conversation to bring about rights, like you said. I'm but, focusing on bringing the rights of the residents. Last, last thing of I'm, I'm of the residents who want to be resident of Israel. Well, I hope you would focus more on the Hebron uh, against the Hebron abuses of the children being run over by Israeli settlers, being shot, being. Uh, stone thrown by Israeli settlers on daily, van- the shops being vandalized by Israeli settlers. I wish you would care about those Palestinians or you would fight for them rather than saying Jewish rights. Ra- Jewish rights for what? When you are the one who have all the rights. What are you, it's like saying, oh, I want to stand for uh, German rights in Germany uh, where I have equal rights. Uh, this is like uh, a fallacy. You stand for the rights of those who have, uh, who have, abu- or have the rights abused.
1: Not to just to just, right yeah. make it clear, Melko no, just one right. thing. I just want to make it clear. Uh, Hebron is the richest Palestinian Arab cities with many, many millionaires, 17,000 shops, Uh, And and factories with an export of five billion shekel a year to Israel, Uh, the Jews make up uh, in the region about 10,000 with Kirat Arba and there's 200,000 Arabs live in this town. Ironically, also, the town is controlled by Hamas. Uh, The the head of the town right now, the mayor, uh, is is a guy who in 1980 was one of the team of people uh, that shot uh, six Jews and murdered them. He's proud of that. He talks about it a lot. Still yet, uh, this it's a very powerful city. Considered the richest city in the Palestinian Authority, uh, and it, and it, the Jewish people are about two kilometers in in about a twenty square kilometer huge uh, Arab city. So you know this discussion about the abuses of the Palestinians is again part of the false narrative or the different narrative that that Malkon and I see.
0: Sure. Yeah, just to uh, Malcolm, just so I could better understand your your position, you are against violence, but you don't think uh, Palestinians should surrender. So essentially, what you're advocating for is peaceful resistance. That that's that's what you think the future generation should continue to do until they get to a place where they are equal to Israelis. Sure. Um, yeah, Yishai, I, I, we we can agree that's a, that's a commendable approach and. It may have had that been the approach from the beginning. It may have it may have done Palestinians much better than than taking um, more of a violent, resistant approach. Would you?
1: Sure. I, I, I really don't think it's really that tricky. <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's really kind of simple. Uh, accept accept the idea that you're going to live in peace in our country and things and follow the rules. Just like just I'm talking right now. So, like what, any tribe, any tribal would chief would say the same thing. Would Any you tribal object, chief in this whole region?
0: Would you object to to mass mass protests and? Um you call it civil disobedience, but nonviolent civil disobedience. Would you object to that, uh, Adar, Adar? I'm
1: not going to. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. It's completely. It's completely immaterial. The question is not civil disobedience. The question is actually moving forward in 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 respecting the law and, and living in this great country and having opportunities. I'm not going to talk about a mass gathering of civil disobedience. If you want to talk about civil disobedience, let's talk about the reality which has been so hidden in this whole conversation, Adar, and even even you, Adar. You you really haven't mentioned one simple thing: the Palestinians that I no say to me all the time we have our mouths shut by this Palestinian authority. Every time we talk, we get arrested, we get tortured. This is a thuggish regime that represses its own people. It is corrupt. Uh, Mahmoud Abbas is $100 million in the bank. It's on Wikipedia, everybody knows that. They fly private jets, they buy other extra diamonds for the Rolexes, they steal their people's money. They they have a police force that is dedicated towards anti-normalization. They, they throw their people into dungeons in Jericho and torture them. I know victims of these things. This whole business that you're saying to me now oh the palestinians are going to do a protest for it to get equal rights it's complete malarkey what they really want to do wait a second wait a second wait a second i have palestinians coming to me all the time saying we want to make a massive protest against the palestinian authority will you protect us okay so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna entertain this this uh, false narrative of of a protest against israel let's talk about the real bully in the area
0: so you know you said you didn't hear me say that i mean I don't say ninety nine percent of my thoughts because I'm just here to moderate. I'm just trying to provide clarity. But if you want to hear my thoughts, uh, come to the after party in Discord. What, what I will say on that, though, it's very easy for us to blame the PA. You, you, you'll never hear me defend the PA, but in many ways, the PA is just the proxy of Israel. Israel keeps them in power. You know, it's it's their own government that that keeps them in power. So it's like. You know, but but
1: I just I just want one one tiny comment on that, Adar, is whenever Mm -hmm. anybody talks to me about Israeli abuse of the Palestinians, I say, yes, there is one great abuse that we're doing, and that is we continue to allow the Palestinian Authority to rule the Palestinians and support them. That is the greatest abuse against the Palestinians. And with that, I am ashamed to say that in the 90s and the early 2000s, my government helped create the Palestinian Authority, bring, brought terrorists from Tunis and empowered them to suppress Palestinian Arab lives in this region. It was one of the greatest mistakes uh, of I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that there is a truth in what you just said, that this proxy uh, suppresses. Uh, the Palestinians, if, if, if people like myself were ever in Israeli power, we would we would uh, quickly uh, 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 take down the Palestinian Authority, dismantle the Palestinian Authority, give people residency or maybe Jordanian citizenship, as my wife talked about on, on this topic uh, on your last debate here, uh, and give people really a forward opportunity. I am it's to me, it's one of the greatest shames that the state of Israel created a Palestinian Authority.
0: I I hear you. I I think we could may, maybe the three of us uh, would agree on that. What what I do want to say one one last thought. Um, one of the one of the most challenging things about being a moderator is just not saying what I think because I you know I I love to share thoughts as well. But um, it's been a great th- this role as a moderator has been a great practice at self control and patience. So, but the the reason I put an emphasis on on peaceful resistance because Isha you know you. you you hope that Palestinians just accept Israel as sovereign over the entire land. I, I agree with you that that would be the, the path of least resistance, right? That would be the easiest for all of us. I don't think that's likely. I think a much more likely scenario is is more violence, which I'm entirely against. I think we all are. So when I see somebody like Malcon, a charismatic young man who's who's speaking for peaceful resistance, I want to be able to highlight that because I think that's an important voice for Palestinians to hear. Young Palestinians are more likely to listen to Malcon than to either one of us.
1: You, so don't, you don't expect me to back... Uh, the peaceful resistance against Israel. It's not my role. It's not my job. I would much rather get Malcon on the side of the many, many Palestinians that I meet through the Biden organization, which, you know, which are are damn tired of of Palestinian authority subjugation uh, and would like to be normalized within Israel. And how many how many Palestinian Arabs say, just give me a blue a uh, residency card that's all i want i want to be able to work and have the protections of israel and the and and the civil rights of israel that's all i really want i hear that all the time and i would much rather see a person like malcon come around and say, you know, hey, Israel's going to give us an opportunity. I have many. I can list you Druze, Palestinians, Israeli Arabs who all think this way, former terrorists who think this way, and in Hebron, for example, the Jabri clan, 40,000 strong. Really, I walk there in great safety, With love the leadership there. And there's many, many, I I think maybe even, who knows what the number is, but a huge number of Palestinians that want normalization within Israel. I'm not here to be an advocate for civil disobedience against Israel. But yeah, I guess... I guess you're right. You know, a more decent conversation is definitely better than Hamas and murderous violence.
0: Yes, yeah, sometimes we've got to meet in the middle. But um, I, I hear you. I one, hear you. One, uh, one
2: thing, Adar. Uh, look, uh, Yeshai, You mentioned a lot of things. And about the Palestinians asking for a blue ID, of course. Well, who doesn't who doesn't want to be suppressed, mistreated, abused by the, by the Palestinian technology? Authority? Yeah, also. But who doesn't want to be oppressed and suppressed and mistreated and abused by the Israeli checkpoints, Israeli soldiers, Israeli military oppression? Who doesn't want? Of course, Palestinians would like that blue ID because it gives them also economic opportunities. Great. Of course, get, having an economic opportunity is a sense of one right. It's a certain layer of rights, which I agree. Like, for example, we Palestinians of East Jerusalem have more rights than the Palestinians. In West Bank, and definitely the Palestinians of West Bank have a bit more rights than the Palestinians of Gaza. But who's oppressing all? Who is in control of all? Above all, the sovereignty, the Israeli government. This is just to put to point things out in their name. So Israel has the power to do everything. Even they even issue the green ID to West Bankers through Israel. So Israel sure. has the power to. So in in a sense. To put it all on PA, of course, we, Palestinians, most of them. No, I'm actually, I'm actually
1: putting it on you. I'm putting it on you. I don't yeah. know if you heard me. I said I'm putting it on you because I'm saying if you would preach a doctrine of accepting that we're the sovereign here, you don't have to necessarily love it, but 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 by accepting that, you will have upward mobility in economy, uh, upward ability in 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 freedoms, uh, freedom of congregation, freedom I, of religion.
2: I want to comment this, on that. Bear with me. I'm com- I, exactly, that's what I wanted to comment. I, I do you. want to wrap up, so let's
0: make these yes, l- final, yes. thoughts, so, final thoughts.
2: Yes, Shai, it's not about accepting your sovereignty or denying your sovereignty. Israel today exists. Yes, I think it's wise for any Palestinian living at least under what's Israel to realize that Israel exists. Yet we all have the right as Palestinians, whether we live under what's Israel today proper or what's occupied Palestinian territories or you call also Israel, to say we want the right to self-determination. We want to determine ourselves It's a right according to international law to build our own state and to be sovereign over ourselves, not be sovereign by you, not be under you, yeah. yes? And yeah. this is also a place, it's a homeland to us, and we also have roots here. We have the right to say we don't want to leave here and go somewhere else. This is our right, like any human who is born into anywhere. Not every human, rights. not
1: every human, has a right to a self-determination of a state. The Chinese people living in Chinatown in in, in New York City don't have a right to call it China just because they're the majority there. You, I, I don't disagree with you. You have your right to your houses and your property and your civil rights. But, but what you're saying is, and and it's not exactly clear. Why is it exactly that you think you need an, your own state? You know, there was never a Palestinian state here ever. So why exactly is that so important? And we all know yeah. that this Palestinian state would be like Gaza, a state, a Allow repressive state. It,
2: because Adad wants to finish and it's very big topic. We're,
0: we're, we're not covering new ground Med, in here. So. No, we are actually. So
1: suddenly first, now he's talking about the issue of a, of an of a, of a a ethnic it? national Palestinian state on this land. This is something that he didn't talk about before. It's an important thing. Like, shy. why is it that you want a state here? And not, not equal you, rights in this, Israel, but a state. That's many, something very many, different.
2: First, we have the right to have a state. Whether you agree I don't, or not, you so. have the right. Then that's racism. No, the it's right not racist, to it's state. just my
1: land. It's called property rights. Yeah, it's yeah. Not it's not racism.
2: It's, it's, it's for us, it's racist, it's greedy, it's selfish, it's exclusionist, it's antagonist, it's aggressive. I think the expensive. Arab states have
1: okay, plenty of room. Wait
2: for me. I have, I have yeah. to answer you, please, Ishael. So please, I, please. I gave you space, I did not uh, interrupt you. So last thing to say, first, we have the right to to state. Whether you agree or disagree, it's okay. That's a bit longer discussion. Second, we have the right to have equal rights within Israel, whether we want to stay under Israel or not. We have the right for both. Now, regarding what you mentioned uh, about this territory, um, ah, there was a point that I almost forgot. Could you repeat the last point that you said, please? Because
1: it's, I don't remember myself right now, but I want to just say maybe this will national- help me remember that that you talk a lot about rights. You don't talk a lot about responsibilities. Rights come with responsibilities. You tell me that you're going yes. to be loyal citizens, then we'll talk about rights. Talk a little bit yes, about yes. not making jihad war against the Jews. You reminded bit.
2: me. You uh, reminded me. Thank, God. Oh, when, thank you God. Said, when you said we want to accept that Israel is sovereign here, sovereign in what sense? For us, in the West Bank at least, and East Jerusalem, and Gaza in particular, the law that you are calling us to obey is racist, discriminatory, abusive, oppressive. It is uh, racial, and, and racial discrimination is part of There's a law in Israel called justified discrimination. And under it comes the marriage laws, the anti-family reunion laws, the anti Blue ID residency laws, and the anti-citizenship laws. So all of the, it's even called justified. How shameful is that? Justified discrimination. Is
1: it, it, just, Malcon, just, so, Cohen, just answer me this. Is there any country under your definition in this whole region... Uh-huh. That 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 is not racist. Just give me one. Like in the whole in the whole region here, is there any ethnic national state that you think that's the one that we should be like that has gives everybody democratic <laughs> rights according to who they are and all that? Is there any equality? Just can you, can you remind me which state you're talking about here? Which was there a Palestine There's like that? Armenia is like it. Which one? Which country are you exactly referring to?
2: You said. He said, ah, I just also remembered another point, which I will answer this. You said, Palestine was never a state. Israel neither was another a state. You know statehood that that's is not true, Makhon.
1: You know that Jesus walked in a state is, of Israel. You know that. Wait. there is
2: no state, brother. Statehood is a new concept. That no, was no, it's not. The there was a kingdom. It was a like kingdom. a state today. Thank you. Kingdom. There was no state. There was empires, kingdoms. different. It
1: was so a Palestine. kingdom with a border. It was Israel.
2: Palestine was a province and a region and was ruled by different kingdoms and different empires, and so what? And why not? And regarding the whole point of finding a country that is an example, of you're asking me, of course there's countries that, like Sweden,
1: for example. No, there's no, no, I meant in the region. I meant in the region. Sweden, that's nice. Sweden's nice, yeah. Give me a regional I, country. Do it doesn't
2: matter if it's in the region or not, brother. We are we aspire to make what's better. I don't care
1: about yeah, Arab Yeah, but let's have some realism, Malcon. <laughs> Malcon, I'm if you don't Arab talk realistically, like you're dooming the next generation. Malcolm, come really, on. Let's opinion. talk about what oh, really you. is out here.
2: This is your it's, opinion. I hear you, but I don't think... Sweden believe, is not here. Anyways... We are humans. We have the intellect to aspire for the next generation. My example is not the Egyptian uh, governance system. And my example is not the Syrian governance. And my, those we are against very wholeheartedly as, not only as Palestinians, as any human who has some rationale. Of course, any system that that's dictatorship-based, that is, of course, we're not for this. We are for a system that we, me and you, if I'm going to speak with hopeful and end it with hopeful note and positive note instead of this kind of back and forth me and you can build together that's not based on race or ethnicity or superiority or inferiority but rather equality in our humanity and in the image of god if that's what we're going to call and live together in peace that's true peace not a peace that is based on your own conditions and you're not going to compromise All right. we want only the palestinians to accept your own conditions. that's called yeah. arrogant self-centered selfish exclusionist as i and that's terroristic because it's creating fear and trauma in the Palestinian hearts and minds and
0: souls. Thank I, you. I just,
1: I, I'll finish off Adar just by saying Malcom. Wait, wait, wait! Yishai, finish
0: up yeah. in a way that doesn't that doesn't require a response on his end because sure. that's kind of sure. what's happening. Each sure. response. Uh, sure. Okay.
1: It, and that's only because Adar, you've created such a wonderful opportunity for conversation. And I think anybody listening to this can feel that that there is a true conversation going on here. Yes, there's strong differences of opinion and some name calling, uh, but I think um, I think generally, as as we started, I think we end uh, that that this. I hope it's an enlightening and and uh, and um, educational. Uh, discussion that we've had here, um, I think I've made my points, and I think that you've heard excellently explained points by Malcon. Uh, I would just say to Malcon, brother, I hear, I hear what you're saying, but I think that you're forgetting that, and it's weird to me because you, you really have such ancient blood in you. Uh, you're forgetting that the region is the region. It has certain ways. and to to completely talk about a, a revolution of a whole regional attitude instead of accepting the fact that we have tribal peoples living in tribal land in their tribal ways and I'm just understanding that and and kind of more like f- going with the reality of this region and then helping people flourish. I in my mind, I really believe. i'm I'm telling you this is not some kind of like Hasbara. I, I believe this in my mind. There will soon be trains leaving from Tel Aviv, passing through Jerusalem, going to Amman and from Amman to, to, to Riyadh and from Riyadh to, to, uh, uh, to the Gulf to, to, uh, one, I haven't seen it yet, but soon I'm, I'm looking forward so much to see that, that beautiful water on the Gulf. This region, there's going to be a new city called Neom, and it's, there's going to be a train from Eilat to Neom and from Eilat to Alexandria, and it's going to connect all the way up from Istanbul, from the Eurorail. This is going to become an Abrahamic region. People are going to tour this region. Uh, the Jewish state, being amongst a family of Semitic nations here, will flourish. The Arab states uh, will flourish. The minorities that live in this region will flourish. They will realize that, that, that the war with Israel is pointless. It's time to—don't poo-poo economic opportunity. It's not something small. It means a better life, better opportunities. It doesn't mean get rich. It means better education, better health, better roads, better sewage. Uh, and I think that the whole world is going to come to Jerusalem, uh, to Mecca, uh, to Alexandria, uh, to Damascus. Hopefully, and and see this ancient historical region. Uh, they're going to take delight in it. I hope to God that Ar- that Armenia gets back uh, uh, the beautiful Ararat mountain range, which is their historic land, which you know Noah and his ark stopped on. I really believe that there's a future. The way to that future is not to give up on the borders. It's not to give up on the rights. It's not to succumb to the jihadist lingo that is so uh, pervasive. It's the opposite. It's actually to respect the borders, to respect the strength of different countries. My vision is a strong Israel surrounded by strong Arab states working in cooperation, not just Arab because uh, we said also Sudan and Armenia, etc. Uh, there are many other uh, ethnicities in this region that make up a beautiful thing. And if we put down our, if we, if we respect our borders, and our rights. Then we could put down our arms. There will be a third temple in Jerusalem, and there'll be other ways to worship God in this region. And people will come from all over the world to pay homage uh, to the God that creates a house of prayer for all nations. And it'll be from this blood, bloody region that will be really a, a, a world image for a world destination to see love and peace and to see God eyeball to eyeball.
2: I will also end with a beautiful sentence after you had our, please forgive us. We kept. Uh, beautiful thank you. I, let's hear it. I will not, I will not much uh, try to make trigger you. I hope maybe it might trigger you to respond, but please, please let's finish. And, and any response uh, will just
0: have to be in the, in the discord. Yes. The, yes, the conversation so will continue.
2: I will say this. Thank you for thinking I'm ancient blood for you. It's important for me. I dream of bringing what is first, first, Humanity first, and then ethnicity or nationality or race or, or, or. And that's for me the essence to build a human global family with differences and beautiful differences to honor those differences as long as they don't step on the foot of the other, on the dignity and the value of others. As long as being a Palestinian does not have to kill a Jew for them to be Palestinian and vice versa and et cetera, et cetera. I put it first for Palestinians, so I don't trigger you. I'm not trying to make you as if the Jews are always the ones who are kill, killing us. So this is what I dream of. Regardless of the names of countries, this will always evolve and change. My dream as a human family to discover first our human identity, for those who believe in the creator, to discover our spiritual, vertical identity, I call it, and then horizontal identity, which is the ethnic, the belonging, the family. And build that uniqueness as long again, it does not uh, have to bring war with others. Thank you.
0: Thank you both. Uh, Malcolm, I'm not a religious guy, but you, when you speak, I could tell you really embody the spirit of Jesus Christ. So um, I, I just wanted to tell you that the, the, the peacefulness. And Yesha, I, I don't want to cause offense. Because I, I don't know which Jewish figure I can compare you to, but we could say Moshe Rabbeinu or Yehuda Maccabee with your pride of the Jewish land. Um, anyways, guys, this was great. Obviously, there's still a lot of ground to cover, but um, I, I it was um, educational, inspiring. I think the audience um, learned a lot. The conversation will continue uh discord discord uh drop a link in the chat please drop a link in the in the chat when you join discord you'll see on the left hand side it says lounge click lounge and you'll be connected via voice you'll then have an option to turn your video on you don't have to speak you don't have to show yourself above lounge it says lounge text that's where you could type things if you just want to share your thoughts via text you'll see that our discord is a magical place conversations around the clock it's a continuation to what we do here. And if you're new to the channel, like, subscribe, Patreon links down below. We love you. Brother Malcolm, Brother Ishai, it's been a great pleasure. Until next time. Thank
2: you very I much. How do Malkan. we get into the Discord?
0: Thanks to you. Yeah, I yeah. will send a link right now. 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 Right now right now